Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome, and a uh, warm welcome to, uh, to those on, on Zoom, too. Um, really special service this morning, not just because it's communion, but uh, we're also receiving into membership um, David and Jen and Katie and Peter and Vicky. So it's a really, really great occasion uh, this morning, an opportunity to pray for them and for the church members to stand and for you to make your vows and promises to, to support them uh, too as they come into membership today. A couple of notices. Um, <clears throat> there is a, there is a, a prayer day uh, happening today for uh, peace in Ukraine. And um, it's actually being held in Lviv. And uh, the, if, you're, if you're interested, uh, the service is being broadcast from three o'clock our time um, from Lviv on uh, YouTube. And if you're interested in uh, accessing uh, this service and prayer meeting in Lviv, um, which is David Hathaway from the UK is there leading the UK response. And a lot of church leaders from, from Ukraine are there praying together. If you're interested and want to get access to this, please see me and I can forward on the link uh, for the YouTube uh, link for you. But it's a reminder for us to also to keep praying uh, for the Ukraine for peace. Um, and uh, maybe there'll be an opportunity around the communion table for us to pray. So um, there'll be an open time of prayer after we've shared in bread and wine together. So Perhaps one or two of you would like to remember to pray for the Ukraine uh, today. But Janine uh, is kindly going to bring us uh, a notice uh, about the midsummer event, which is happening next weekend. So remember, there won't be a service here in this building at 10.30 next Sunday. We're down the park. We're joining with our uh, friends from All Saints Church, 10.30 down the park. We have a choir uh, from Newhall Junior School joining us and hopefully scouts and guides as well. So it's a real community service. So Janine, thank you. My trusted piece of paper. Morning, everyone. Um, in case you didn't know, we had our community church barbecue here yesterday, which was a great success um, with some good conversations. Um, huge thanks, not just to our hospitality team, but every team involved in, in pulling it all together. A bit of trivia, we served over 100 hot drinks, got through 18 jugs of squash, eight jugs of water, 120 sausages, roughly the same number of burgers, 100 slices of cheese, and we also uh, used 167 plates and serviettes. Um, steps were an average of six and a half thousand, roughly a lockdown walk for me, and I hadn't even left the perimeter of the building. And none of us had. And John and Quentin, our maestro barbecuers, have shared at least a litre of perspiration each with all the <laughs> cooking they did. So thank you and an absolute well done to everyone. Uh, fast forward to next weekend, and as Martin's just said, we've got the welcome return of the midsummer event, which we haven't had since 2019. We still need you. Uh, it's not just hospitality and coffee stop. Evelyn's kindly put our partially completed rotor in the lounge next door. Um, there are still a few slots left to either help serve drinks and cakes or relieve Pat for her much needed breaks. Um, but also Simon may have areas where 
he still needs help, so please go and see him. There's one thing that really was a massive help yesterday, um, which actually didn't take that long, and that was having fresh arms and legs appear or even reappear at the end of the day yesterday to help clear away, pack up and put everything away. So please, please, please pop your name down. If you're unsure what's involved, just come and see me or, or Simon. Um, Pat, Pauline and I will be here on Friday loading up some boxes to be taken to the park. Um, we need the teams for the smooth running of the event that you know we provide for the community um, and also to support one another. So if you're willing to be a runner or a gopher, in case we run out of anything equally, please sign up or just give us a shout. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Janine. It's brilliant. And we're, we're just so grateful to uh, Janine and the whole team for yesterday and for those that are going to volunteer uh, next weekend. Let's, uh, let's pray and come before God together. Lord, what a glorious day uh, it is out there. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for the beauty of your creation. But Lord, it's also a glorious day because even more so, Jesus is raised from the dead. He's alive and we're here to celebrate that Jesus, you are alive, you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you are reigning at the right hand of the Father. And we just want to say Jesus again, that we bow the knee in adoration. We declare that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We declare that we love you and we invite Father, you to send your Holy Spirit among us to empower our worship. May we be aware, Lord, of your presence today. May we encounter you, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, move among us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Grace appeared. 
Maybe you have a tongue that you want to bring, or a scripture, or a 
word of prophecy or a picture. Let's just speak, share those scriptures and prayers of adoration. Share what the Lord is giving you. anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank you, Lord. The old has passed away. Hallelujah. All this is from God through Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that the world might be saved by believing in him. But Jesus came to save the lost, who hardly believed in earthly teachings, let alone heavenly matters. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. away Thank you, Lord. and there was no longer any sea I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God mm. prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them they Amen. will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God Amen. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Amen. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Amen. Thank you, uh, wouldn't it wonderful to be in the presence of God, just to be enjoying him and delighting in him and to hear him delighting in us too, singing over us. It's fantastic. I'm going to ask um, uh, those uh, who are coming into membership, if they just come up on the stage here with me this morning, that would be great. Great. They're nice people, so... Face them with confidence. They, they love you. They're on your side. Hopefully the camera, Nigel, will pick us up, will it? Yeah? That's great. It's always... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shortest on the right, tallest on the left or something, isn't it? <laughs> so... It's always a joy when uh, people come into membership, and maybe this is something that God is uh, sort of calling you to do. Um, what is church membership about? Well, it's about covenant relationship. When people get married, they make a covenant promise to God and to one another. They promise to love the other person 
and they promise to, uh, well, it depends on the wording of the marriage vows, doesn't it? But they, you know, they promise to love and support and be faithful to that person all through their lives. And that's done in the presence of God, and that's done in the presence of the congregation. And in a similar way, being a Christian is a covenant relationship as an individual with Christ, but also between the individual Christian and the church. It's a covenant relationship. That's what it says in Ephesians 5. You can, you can look it up. Christ has made a covenant between us and himself, and he calls us to make a covenant between ourselves and the church, to make promises, just as we do in marriage, to love and to use our gifts and to serve Christ and the body for the glory of, of God. And so they're going to make promises before God and before you today. And I'm going to ask the members of this church to stand and to make a promise to love and care for and pray for and support these guys in covenant relationship too. And this communion meal is an expression, really, of that covenant relationship. Because remember that Jesus said, this wine is the blood of the new covenant. He made a new covenant relationship with us when he died for us on the cross. And this is expressed in uh, church membership too. So I, um, I asked God for a scripture verse for, for, for each uh, person coming into membership today. And uh, I just wanted to share... Uh, this with, with, with you, and then pray for you individually, if that's okay. So I'm going to start with you, uh, Katie. I believe the Lord has given you uh, a boldness in him, and that you are an influencer, and I believe that, that God is going to use you mightily in evangelism. And I want to pray God's boldness on you today, that you continue to open your mouth and invite people to church and to Alpha courses, and to share your faith wherever you go. I believe God is really, you're a real influencer in this way. And so I was reminded of um, uh, Joshua uh, chapter 1, where it says this, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Do not let the book of the law, that's the Bible, depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous, prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So let's pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for, for Katie, for the boldness that you've given her. And we just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill her afresh with a spirit of boldness. You haven't given her a spirit of timidity or fear, but you've given her a spirit of uh, boldness. So I ask Holy Spirit that you'd fan into flame the gifts that you've given her, that, that gift of evangelism, that heart of service, Lord, that she has to serve you, her family, and the church. I pray, Lord, for a, an anointing today on Katie as she seeks to use her gifts to serve you in the kingdom. May many be brought to faith through you, Katie. May many members of your family come to know Christ because you journeyed with them and prayed for them and invited them to things. And may many people be blessed by your service for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I've got my little book. Where is it? I can't remember these. I've been doing this for years, but I still can't remember what I'm supposed to say. Not very... 
professional, is it? So Katie, uh, do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church? Katie, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? That's brilliant. Would the members please stand? So members of Heatherville Baptist Church, do you promise to love, to encourage, to strengthen, to guide, to pray for, and to care for Katie as an equal partner in the body of Christ? We do. Amen. Hallelujah. You You can sit down there. Yeah, and we are doing this for each one, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. I I want them to feel really special today. So that's why we're doing it. It is a special occasion. Um. No, that's fine. You can stay there. <laughs> Vicky, I really sense the, the Lord has given you a, a heart to serve, and uh, you're a great, you're, you've got a real humble heart for service. And I felt that the Lord was saying, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual server, fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I think this is significant for you as well. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. There's a little clue there as to where you might end up serving, but uh, (laughs) I think that's what the God was saying to you. Bless you. Let's let's pray for you. (laughs) Brilliant. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we thank you for Vicky, for the way that you've wired her and gifted her. Father, I want to thank you that uh, even though, Lord, it took a few years for Vicky to take that step. She got there, Lord. Uh, your Holy Spirit worked in her and brought her across the line. And, Lord, we're always grateful for that. We're, we're just so rejoicing that, Lord, you brought her into this church. And again, Lord, I want to pray that Vicky would, through her... Lord, thank you for the transformation you brought in Vicky. Lord, her friends and family have seen the difference that you've made in her life. And I pray, Lord, that as James, her husband, and as her children see the difference in her life and her friends and wider family, Lord, I pray that through Vicky, people would be drawn to the light of Christ like a moth to a flame. And I pray, Holy Spirit, even now, that you would fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit, fan into flame that gift of service that you've given to Vicky. Lord, I pray for a humble heart in her to serve and that she would have spiritual vigor and fervor. She would be on fire, Lord, with joy in serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, same, same to you, uh, Vicky. Do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church? Do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? Church members, it's up, down, up and down, I'm afraid. Good, good for the exercise. If you can't stand, that's fine. I know, I know you're standing on the inside. Do you promise, as members of this church, to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for, and care for Vicky as an equal partner in the body of Christ? We do. Fantastic. I think they meant it as well. That's great. Are you okay standing, by the way? You're right. That's good. Uh, here we go. So, 
cards have fallen out. Yeah, Pete, um, as I was praying for you, there's, there's an awful lot that's going to come later for you. And I think there's leadership and all sorts going to happen for you. But there's a, there's a lot of um, growth needed, in, certainly in Scripture and in Bible training and teaching. So, you know, that, it falls on me and the church to help you with that. But I'm really excited about what God has for you. Um, and I, uh, you've already sort of kept me on my toes about values and vision. And, and I, I'm just so excited about what God is going to do through Pete and his experience and leadership. And the power that has brought you here. It's God's power that has set you free. And it's, and it's why you're standing here today. The power of God. And I believe that God gave me this scripture for you. You won't be surprised it's from one, one of Peter's letters. But this is what Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And I believe that God will guard you and keep you from evil desires and keep you from the past, from sinful habits, as you read his word, as you pray, and as you stay in community and use the means of grace that God has given you. So let's pray for you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you. Let's pray for... Do you want to, actually, guys, do you want to lay hands on him as well? Let's, let's, all, let's all pray for, for Pete. Lord, we thank you for this man of God. Thank you for the journey that he's had, Lord. Thank you for your power. Lord, the words of that hymn, Amazing Grace, are so powerful. And, uh, Lord, it's so true in Peter's life especially. But, Lord, you've set him free. He was once blind, but now he can see. Lord, you've set him free from addiction and sin and evil. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you continue to keep him and deliver him from evil desires. Thank you, Lord, for that promise that your divine power has given him everything he needs. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help Peter to take up that divine power through reading your word every day and through prayer every day and through remaining in fellowship with your people through small group and coming to church. We just pray, Lord, that you'd pour out your power in him today, Holy Spirit. Stir up the gifts that you've given to him. We believe, Lord, there's so much in, that Peter has to offer. Lord, there's a future in leadership. And Lord, we pray that he would grow in grace, that he would grow in his knowledge of you, in your scriptures, grow in prayer, grow in love of you, Lord Jesus, that he might become the man of God that you've called him to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. So, Peter... Do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local church? Peter, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? Members of the church, would you stand if you're able? Do you promise to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for and care for Pete as an equal partner in the body of Christ? Bless you. Great stuff. We come to David and Jen. This has been a long journey, and uh, COVID got in the way, and sickness, and all sorts of things, but I am absolutely rejoicing, because 
These guys are full of the Lord. Uh, we've already been blessed so much by them. Um, they bring so much experience, and they bring spiritual gifts, uh, really exciting gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues. Um, they've been used in the past for prayer and healing. And we would pray that God would restore uh, these gifts in the body of this church, that you would be used powerfully to minister to us and to minister to the body of Christ here. And uh, I just want to say that I'm going to be inviting you onto the prayer team. That's one of my first things I'm going to do. So hopefully you'll say yes. <laughs> no pressure. So I believe God, God has already gifted you both, but I think this is what he's saying to you both. To Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift, the gifts in your case of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So we want to lay hands on you and pray that, that those gifts that he's already given you would be fanned into flame as they are used in the body of this church. So guys, would you just lay hands on these wonderful people? Lord, thank you for the gifts that you've given uh, Jen and uh, David. And Lord, we just pray for a releasing of those gifts in a powerful way today. Just pray, Lord, you release them in prayer ministry, in gifts of healing, Lord, in prophecy, in tongues, in interpretation. But Lord, you would use them powerfully in the ministry of this church to build up the body here, to strengthen the body and to help the body grow, and to encourage your people. Lord, bless them now and fill them with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's great. Hallelujah. Great stuff. So, David and Jen, um, do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local church? And do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? Great stuff. Members of the church, would you stand? Make your promise. Do you promise to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for, and care for David and Jen as equal partners in the body of Christ? We do. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. That was great. Oh, card. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bless you. We're going to receive the offering. Uh, and pray for that, please. Someone got the offering? Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Cheers. Lord, we thank you that you give gifts through your Holy Spirit to people to use in the ministry of your church and in the service of the kingdom. But Lord, we, we give back these gifts, thanking you for the ultimate gift of Jesus, who, who was given to die that we might have eternal life. So, Lord, bless these gifts of money as you bless our gifts and skills for the extension of your kingdom. Amen. Um, children are going to go out, but let's pray for them as they, as they go. Lord, we thank you for all the children that, that are here today. And, Lord, thank you for their leaders. And we just pray, Lord, your blessing and anointing on the children and on their leaders as they go to learn and be taught in a different part of the building from us. Jesus, bless them, teach them, help them to grow. 
and thank you for them. Amen. Father God, I just want to pray for the Ukrainian lady I met this week, Lord, carrying such sadness with her father, and yet so, so pleased to be here and so desperate to give back, Lord. Just pray for the family she had to leave behind, her husband who's ill, and he may yet still be called to serve his country, picking up arms, Lord. And, and for all those who are in this country, Lord, all the Ukrainian refugees and their hosts, Lord, Pray that you would just minister to them, Father, because their lives, they are just so sad. And it is just heartbreaking, Lord, talking to them. And Father, just pray that you would just pour your love into them, Lord, and give them peace and peace in their country too. Amen. Heavenly Father, we would continue to pray for the Ukraine situation, Father, but our confidence and our trust is in you and you are sovereign over all. And Lord, we want to affirm that we want to see your intervention in this situation and bring peace to that land. Father, it's, we, we don't understand what's going on, but we, our trust is in you because you have the power over all. And Lord, just really my heart reaches out deeply hurt by what I see, the meaningless and senseless carnage that goes on there. Lord, I just plead for your intervention in that situation, in your sovereign power, that it might move there and bring about peace to the land. Oh, Father, our confidence is in you, in spite of what we see going on. Thank you, Lord, for your sovereignty. Amen. as we read your word now and uh, look at it together. We ask, Spirit of God, that you would open our hearts and our eyes to understand and apply it and to do your word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so uh, we're beginning uh, a series today on the, the Holy Spirit, and we're looking today at the new life that the Holy Spirit gives. And so we're going to look at the well-known story of Jesus and the uh, Pharisee um, Nicodemus from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. <clears throat> now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to see Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing 
if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and, you do, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Sorry, Jude, could you just um, pass up my notes? Thanks. And the little book there. Thanks. Thanks very much. Cheers. So, new life in the spirit. Um, there's a new, brand new piece of research that's just come out called Talking Jesus, which has been commissioned by the Alpha Course, Hope Now, that's Roy Crown's uh, organization, and the Louis Palau Foundation. 4,000 non-Christians were interviewed online, and 900 or so Christians as well, separately. Um, the 4,000 non-Christians were asked what they thought of Jesus, Christians, the church, and faith. And the 900 Christians were asked how they came to faith, to believe in Jesus mainly, which is all very interesting. So if you get a chance, um, Google, <coughs> do a Google search on uh, Talking Jesus Research 2022. Really interesting report there. You can get hold of it through the Evangelical Alliance as well. So practicing Christians as part of the survey were asked to rank what were the key factors in them coming to faith. And the biggest influence at 34% was growing up in a Christian family, which probably won't surprise you. Next most influential, and this is interesting because this was among younger people, sort of the um, 18 to 30 bracket, was actually... Uh, reading the Bible at 24%, which surprised me. And then at 19% was attending a church service, not necessarily a special service, any church service, and Sunday school at 19% as well. The vast majority of people coming to faith do so before the age of 18. The vast majority. So no pressure mark. It's uh, 
and, and children's uh, ministry. This is so important, isn't it? We need to give our focus, our prayers, our vision, our strategy needs to be focused around babies, children, young people. Um, that's where the harvest is going to be. It's where most people are coming to faith. Not to do down you guys, but most people are coming to faith before the age of 18. Still the reality. If you were to ask the Apostle John, what are the key factors for people coming to faith? He would say two things, the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'll show you, I'll prove that in a moment. This is why we have these church values. Here it is again, Pete. Pete told me to keep these in front of you. He said, organizational change is about keeping the values before the people. So thank you, Pete, for that. He also said we need to communicate the vision more as well. So thank you. Bless you. This is why we have these. Spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, sharing Jesus, loving God and others. That's why they're in that order. Um, John would say the Holy Spirit draws people to Jesus and the Bible primarily. There are other factors. People, families are important. But for John, these are the two crucial things. Uh, I'll show you why. John 20. John says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. That's John's gospel that he wrote. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So John wrote his gospel so that people would read it and believe in Jesus, right? He said it. That's why he wrote it. And here's the second, Holy Spirit. He says to Nicodemus, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God, that means to become a Christian, unless they are born of water and the Holy Spirit. Bible and Spirit are how people ultimately come to, to faith in Christ. Now, families are important, friends are important, invites to church, to Alpha, are all important. But without these two fundamentals, people cannot come to faith. So I want to look today at the, whole, the work of the Spirit in people coming to faith. Hopefully, this will stir you up to pray for people. Um, now, many people today, if they, if they have to go into a hospital or fill out a medical form, if they're asked for religion, many people, if they're not Muslims or Buddhists or uh, atheists, you know, some people that sign up to be atheists, don't they, these days? Most people will say, oh, I suppose, Christian on the form, won't they? Because... They may have gone to Sunday school. They are born maybe in a Christian country, a broadly Christian country, which this has traditionally been known as. And so if pressed, people will go, I suppose I'm a Christian. And if, I don't know, Church of England, I don't know, I haven't been for a, a while, but I'll, yeah, just put down Church of England. That's, that's what people do. People assume also that they are Christians. Um, I've heard this said, People say, well, I believe in the values of the Bible. I believe in the Ten Commandments, and Jesus said some good things. So, yeah, I'm a Christian, right? That's what people say. Or people say, well, I grew up in a Christian family. I kind of went to Sunday school. So, yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. John would say, or Jesus would say, no. None of those things 
in and of themselves makes you a Christian. You can go to church every day of your life and you still may not ever be born again and become a Christian. You can read the Bible. You can do works of charity. You can pray even. And many people do pray who are not Christians. doesn't make you a Christian. John would say to us, Jesus would say to us, you must be born again by the Holy Spirit. Um, born again conjures up all sorts of negative in- images, doesn't it? Um, I was asked once, are you one of them born agains? You know? I was, I've been asked that. Have you been asked that? You're not one of them born agains, are you? As if it's a swear word or a kind of, you know, somebody's having a go at me. And I said, yeah, I am. I believe that the Holy Spirit has made me a new creation. And I've been born again spiritually. Um, Probably not a phrase we want to go around using too often because people haven't got a clue what it means. And it has bad press. Britney Spears and, uh, you know, who was so say born again a number of years ago. Uh, Street preachers, televangelists. You know, it's, it's got bad baggage that comes along with it. But basically, Jesus would say to us, you have to, have, you have to be changed by the Holy Spirit. You have to be reborn and made a new creation. See, the problem is, many people assume that by being born into a Christian family or being born into a, 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 a kind of um, country that's broadly Christian or based on Christian traditions or believing some of the truths of Scripture, that makes them a Christian. It's just not the case, is it? Nicodemus was one like this. He was born a Jew, and Jews believed that um, the kingdom would come at the end of the age, that the Messiah would return and bring a new heaven and a new earth, and Jews, most of the Jews, would enter into eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Unless you were really wicked and rebellious as a Jew, you were pretty much guaranteed to get into the kingdom. You'd have to be really bad, really rebellious, not to make it into heaven. And that's true of a lot of people today. They just assume, well, if I've, if I've, if I've been baptised as a baby, you know, I'm in the club, I used to go to church, or I used to do Sunday school, I've, I've got a Bible at home, that'll, you know, that's enough. That'll get me into eternity. And Jesus turns all of this on his head, as he did with Nicodemus, and said, no, unless you are born of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. You cannot become a Christian without being born of the Spirit. Uh, Verse 3, Jesus answered, very tell you, truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. That means you cannot enter into the fullness of life that God has for you as a Christian unless you are born by the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus doesn't understand this. Nicodemus is a reverend, professor, doctor, theologian of Judaism, right? And he doesn't understand. This is, this is what he says. How can someone be born when they're old? He's almost mocking Jesus here, and he? he said, what am I going to do? Am I going to climb back into the womb and be born again physically? You know, he's mocking Jesus, isn't he? He just misses it entirely. He should have known better. He knows the Old Testament back to front and inside out, but he misses what it's all about. Um, Jesus says, verse 5, 
Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. What did Jesus mean by being born of water and the Spirit? Well, water in the Old Testament is a picture of the work of the Spirit in cleansing people, right? Jesus has a background of Ezekiel 36. This is what the prophet Ezekiel prophesied to the people of Israel. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and leave you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When he comes, dwells in someone, he washes them clean and makes them a new creation and gives them a brand new start. The old has gone, the new has come. They are a new creation. Similar in in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel is given a, a vision of a valley of dry bones. And he's told by God to prophesy to the bones, to speak to the bones, telling them that God's breath should enter them. And as Ezekiel prophesies to the bones, God's breath, the Holy Spirit, enters into the bones and the thigh bone is connected to the leg bone and the da 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 Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. The bones stand up. And then as Ezekiel prophesies, skin and sinews and muscles cover the bones and an army is raised up as God's spirit raises them up bringing life where there was death. Do you know that every single one of us is born spiritually dead? Sorry, that's the bad news. I can't put it in any... We are born spiritually dead. We are outside of Eden, right? We're not in Eden, are we? Unless I've missed something. We are spiritually dead. We're cut off from a relationship with God. We're nowhere near the tree of life anymore. This is what Paul says. Every person is born like this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. The only way that you can be brought to life is if God's breath enters you, is if the water of God's spirit washes you clean and God breathes new life into you and makes you a new creation. That's the only way. And Jesus, here's the good news, Jesus offers to give life to dead people. People who are cut off, separated from God, can become alive by believing in Jesus. Uh, Jesus offers us the gift of eternal life. This is the good news. Cheers. Famous verse. In the, old, in the New Testament, in the Bible probably, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not die or shall not perish but have eternal life. There is a way back to God. There is a way back to having a relationship with God. It's by believing in Jesus. Jesus died in our place. Jesus was cut off on the cross, separated from God, so that we by, would never be cut off and separated from God again. Adam and Eve were cut off from the garden. Jesus came and died and rose again so that we might never be cut off again. But we have to believe in him. 
Uh, wouldn't it be weird if you received a birthday present or a Christmas present that was wrapped and you said, oh, great, thank you very much. I'll bet that's really good. And you just left it wrapped. Wouldn't that be weird? But there's plenty of people, they go, oh, yeah, that's really good. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And they go, oh, that's nice. But they don't do anything about it. They don't unwrap the gift and receive it into their hearts. Folks, we have to do something if we're going to receive the gift of eternal life. If we're going to receive the Spirit of God and be born again, we have to believe and we have to repent. Um, Repent simply means an about turn. It means a complete change. You you were going, um, before we knew Christ, we were moving in this direction, away from Christ. To repent means to completely change direction and to move towards Christ. So that our whole life, our whole attitudes and thinkings and lifestyle are orientated to Christ as our King. So we were living for ourselves here, moving this way, as if Christ doesn't exist. To repent is to turn around, face Christ, come into the light and live in submission to him as King. And John uses the imagery of light and dark to illustrate repentance. You cannot lead someone to Christ, by the way, unless you lead them in a prayer of repentance, right? It is not enough just to say, I believe in Jesus. The demons believe in Jesus, and they shake and quiver, but they haven't repented. It is not enough to say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. We have to lead people through a prayer of repentance. So when you're with somebody who wants to become a Christian, lead them through a, to confess their sins and to turn away from living for themselves to living in submission to Jesus. That's a really important step. Here it is. Here's the imagery. John 3, 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. It's not easy believing in Jesus because if you believe in Jesus and come to him, he will shine his light into the dark corners of your life. He will show up those areas that you need to turn away from and repent of. A few weeks ago, we had a mouse in our kitchen under the cooker. So I had to take the kickboards off all the units so I could get under the cooker. And I took my um, torch on my phone and I was trying to see him. I'll call him a he because I, I don't know. I can't, not very good at sexing mice, but I shone the, um, the, the, the torch under the. And before I saw the mouse, I thought, oh, heck, there's pens, there's coins, there's pasta. You really don't want to look under your cooker. It's not good. And, uh, but you know what? I'm glad I did because before I attended to the mouse, I got rid of all the pasta and I found a few 20p pieces. Useful, yeah? Pens, all sorts of stuff down there. I I don't know how it gets there, but it does. And um, I cleaned the floor. I washed the floor. I don't know whether the mouse was sat looking at me going, hey, 
Good luck. But I washed the floor. I cleaned out all the rubbish. So I'm glad that the light exposed the dirt and grime that was there uh, in the end. I wasn't very happy at the time, but now it's clean. I have a sense of self-achievement. It's clean. And just to finish the story, I bought a mousetrap from Hazen Sun. Where else would you buy it? And they told me, you don't want those metal traps. You want to buy the uh, plastic ones, and then he'll be able to survive. And you want to put peanut butter in there, I was told by Nick. So I, we put peanut butter in the trap, and uh, he, within half an hour, he was in there nibbling away. And I was able to release him alive. So I had a clean kitchen. It was all clean under the cooker. Everybody was happy, including the mouse. So the moral of the story is don't leave your sin, the dirt of your sin, unattended in the darkness. Bring it into the light and allow Jesus to wash you clean. Allow the Holy Spirit to wash you clean to deal with your sin. That's what repentance means. It means to come into the light and to say to Jesus, I've sinned in these ways. Would you wash me clean? I turn away from living for these sins and I submit to you as king and I commit to living for you. That's what being baptized is all about. Some of you need to be baptized. Um, don't use the age excuse, by the way, because I'm still visiting Ruby at 103 next month, this month. Yeah, two weeks this month. And she was baptized at 99. Right? So age doesn't count. So if you haven't been baptized as a believer, as a sign that you've been washed clean by the Holy Spirit, come and talk to me. Get baptized. Maybe you need to become a member and make that commitment, that covenant vow and promise to work for this church. I'll leave that one with you. Come and talk to me. But all of us, all of us need to repent. I'm going to miss out, Quentin, a load of stuff here because I feel that's right. So we're going to jump to all of Christian life is repentance. That's what Martin Luther said. And do you know what? He's right. All of Christian life is repentance. You don't repent once when you come to faith in Jesus. Every day, every morning before you go to work, before you go to school, university, college, before you serve the grandchildren or whatever you do each day, you have a choice. Am I going to bring the sin of my life into the light or am I just going to tuck it away and hope that Jesus doesn't see it? Jesus knows your heart. He sees everything anyway. We can hide from him. But at some point, we've got to commit the darkness of our sin and come to the light and ask Jesus to wash it clean. And we need to do that as Christians every day. We've had a bath, haven't we, as Christians? We've been washed clean. But every day, we pick up little bits of dirt. So you don't have... We've had one big bath, but we need to be, we need our hands and feet washed daily, don't we? We pick up stuff on the way. So every day is a repentance day. Every day is saying to Jesus, I choose to come into the light today. I choose to repent of the sins. And it's saying to Jesus, show me the sin that I need to repent of. Are there dark corners, dark places that you want to 
heal, to cleanse in my life. I'm going to pray. Um, yeah, I'm going to be bold. Why not? Days are numbered, aren't they? We're in the last days. There may be someone here who has never prayed a prayer and been born again by the Spirit. The way to get born again by the Spirit is to, is to invite Jesus into your heart to repent of your sins and for the Holy Spirit to enter into you. And, you, and that happens as you believe in Jesus and repent. So maybe this is you, and I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer out loud or in the quietness of your own mind. And I'm going to say each phrase slowly. And if you want to invite Jesus to be Lord and King, you can do that now. I believe Holy, the Holy Spirit is working on some of your hearts today. And he wants you to, be, to uh, be born again and to become a Christian, to enter the kingdom of God. So say this after me, out loud or in the quietness of your own heart. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Take a few quiet moments to list them before God. Tell him the things that you're sorry for. Please forgive me. I now turn away from everything that I know to be wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, find a Christian, friend, someone you've come with who's a Christian, and tell them, and they will love to pray with you. If you feel God speaking to you about baptism, come and speak to me. If you feel that God wants you to become a church member, well, I know he does, <laughs> come and speak to me. Um, now, some of you may have other things that you uh, value prayer for. Maybe you're struggling uh, with a particular aspect in your life. Maybe you want prayer for healing. We have a God who loves to bring healing and new life, whose power brings about miraculous new birth in us. He's a God who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And he wants to do amazing things here this morning. He wants to set people free of sin. He wants to heal people. He wants people to become Christians. He wants people to be filled with the Spirit. So as we're singing the last song, I'd invite you, if you want prayer for anything at all, I would love to pray with you. And, and we have members of, the, of uh, the deacons, the elders, the prayer team, including uh, Jen and David, unless they want prayer themselves. We'll pray for you. Um, 
as, 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 uh, as you come forward. We'd love to pray with you. So ask the, uh, the musicians to come. Just come forward and uh, maybe just stand at the, the front row here. And uh, we'd just love to minister to you and pray for you. If, um, if you can't move, um, i.e., you know, it's hard for you to get up out of your seat, just put your hand in the air as we're singing, and people will come to you and pray with you. That's, that's the way we'll handle that. So let's uh, stand and sing.
to share a picture that God gave me last week, and I prayed about it all week. And last week, he gave me a picture of a padlock, and he gave me a picture of a padlock with a key. And I really believe God is saying, you're locked up, but you've got the key. So don't just sit and wait and go, no, this isn't for me, not today. If God, if you, you will know if God is telling you to come forward and be prayed for. And let me tell you, no secret is too bad. You know, God knows what's going on in your world, in your heart, in your mind. And he's saying, just come forward, just be prayed for. Be released, unlock that padlock.